Hey traders, David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Tuesday, July 12, 2022. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? We had a down day. We're leading into what we'll call Kabuki Theater annexed. What exactly is that? We have the release of the CPI number Wednesday morning, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. They're going to move the tape. Which way will they move the tape? Who knows? A good CPI number, the tape moves up. A bad CPI number, the tape moves up or down. We don't know either way. What we do know is that it's an excuse or a recipe to move the tape. Let's look at the bigger picture. We're taking a look at the daily chart. Let's see what jumps off the page, what's developing on the daily chart, what we can use as support, what is a current pattern on the board until it's not there anymore, all that stuff. The first thing is they're still riding or being supported by staying above the 20 period moving average. At least from a psychological perspective, that is a positive. It is the last moving average line of defense. Just to reiterate some of the stuff, here we have a scenario where they ran a test climbing up the breakdown candle. They were since rejected. This is a pullback they could be putting in, a higher low. That is a possibility. That will promote another move to the upside. That can certainly be on Wednesday. But what if, what if they move the tape lower, what's the number or numbers down south that should be support where they would be targeting, they would be magnetic numbers drawing price in, but yet the market would find support at these prices, turn around and bounce back in the other direction. Of course, we still have the 374.65, it is important. But there is also another number above that that we want to be aware of. The market can be attracted to this number like a magnetic force. That number is 377.25. Put it on a sticky note. If they get there early in the morning, having opened up above that number, it should be a meaningful number. Opening below that number, they're either already at or will be below 374.65. That will open up a whole different can of worms, which will be handled for inside the number members and inside the live room members in real time. Now, one more thing. Remember yesterday we discussed a zone, and the zone was around 382 down to 382. 65. We might as well get right into inside the numbers and the early thoughts because you're going to find those numbers in this commentary. First, we wake up red and a continued pullback. Remember, it was turnaround Tuesday. They tried to flip around the market a couple of times, were unsuccessful, ended up somewhat of killing them into the close. Still, normal garden variety pullback as discussed in last night's video. They're simply headed to or have already reached, meaning the thieves in the morning, the zone discussed. Now, here's where we get a little more granular. The zone is 382.15 down to 380.65. Now, here's an hourly chart just so we get an idea of what we're discussing. 
So early in the morning today, they came down and made a low of 382.53 north of the front end of that zone. They bounced away. So that really takes away the front end of that zone when they bounced away. Coming back later, it's not the same trade. We know that. 380.65 was the lower portion of that zone. Ironically enough, while they were killing them into the close, they got below that zone. But what did they do into the closing bell? They rallied back to close the market above that number, 380.65. As I make this video, shortly after 4 o'clock, it's 380.70 by 380.72 in that neighborhood. You can see here at the top on the bid and the ask. So they're still fighting that number. Why is that? Because it's a very important number. This is what I mean by the thieves in the morning. Now you include the pre-market activity, and over here, 5 o'clock in the morning, they're already down in the zone. They gap down, they get into the zone, they bounced back closer to the opening bell, after the opening bell, and then they came back down later in the day. They got into the zone in the pre-market that was the trade we were really looking for from an intraday perspective. Look what happened. From let's just call it 381 for argument's sake, they went all the way up by 10 o'clock in the morning, 386 and change. That, my friends, was the trade I was looking for. And that's also why I call them the thieves in the morning, because they took away the trade. Here's a five-minute chart, and you know the drill right at the vertical is today's activity, and you can see what happened. In the morning at 10 o'clock, they started collapsing by 10.05. They're heading for the top end. They pull up short, bounce away, and they basically create a bearish, flaggish pattern, wedgish pattern, whatever you want to call it, above that number, and that's why they came in and traded through it at the end of the day. At the end of the day, with time running out on the clock, it's too late. The trade is over. We want the trade when there's good participation with time left on the clock to make the thing happen. On the flip side, back to inside the numbers, getting above 384 and a quarter can begin a rescue operation. We have an important spot, 385.30. And look what the 385.30 represents. While they spiked it early in the day, right out of the chute, they were really rejected from around that price came back for a back test once, back test twice, and she fell away. So 385.30 was certainly an important number, ironically enough, and really not ironically enough, was on the board at zero dark 30. 385.30 is overhead resistance. Now we're moving along. So by 8.50, they're doing the climb back up north as the opening bell gets closer thing. We're likely buyers of a retest in the neighborhood of the pre-market lows. That was the low we just discussed. They never got there. They got close. But again, the trade was still on the table. The gap left open from yesterday was 384.27. So as long as they close candles up there, they can begin a rescue operation. But then what? Then they run into 385.30. 9.21. Pay attention. Get out your sticky notes. Trade concept. Number one, aggressive traders looking for a short opportunity for a pullback would enter a position at 384.27, give or take. You must be willing to add another portion at 385.30, give or take. It's a scalp trade with potential for a decent pullback. 
Now check this out. The concept is that it won't be a runaway, but an early run designed to suck in the latecomers and chasers, then pull the rug out. The risk is that it's an actual runaway, which it wasn't. So that was the concept. They're sucking everybody in, then they pull the rug out and issue a conveyor belt full of pies in the face. That was a 925 post before the opening bell. So what happened? Well, let's check it out. 384.27 is the lower line. 385.30 is the second entry. They ran right up there, both filled. They pulled back. Nice trade for those that wanted the short and participated with the short. Jordan from Inside the Numbers Live, including other members in the room, participated in the short. It paid off nicely. We almost got one of those turnaround situations. If they came down and hit the number, we would have taken the long trade on the way back up. Needless to say, they got one side anyway. Nice trade. Posted at 925 before the opening bell. Now, as they open the bell, you get some commentary. They're jerking the market around. They're trying to rally it a little bit. So I provide the numbers. If it's bullish, the bulls will keep price above 385.30. And once they're above yesterday's closing price, it becomes the pivot. So therefore, 951 at present, the pivot is 384.27. Above, it's the bull's ball. And below, it's the bear's ball. That was at 951. What happens at 10 o'clock? They get below yesterday's closing price. They fall apart a little bit, down to about 382.50. That's a nice drop in a matter of minutes. We've got something for everybody. You want a long side trade? We've got your numbers. You want a short side trade? We've got your numbers. You want stocks on the move? We've got your numbers. We're moving along. Read the notes. Go back to the chart to double check the work. They kind of went into a floater mode after they bounced from the morning low. And we have the numbers as the guideline type service that it is. Get above one number, opens the door for another. Get below a number, it opens the door for another. That's the way the market works. And for the rest of the morning session, you'll see the same numbers repeat over and over again. 385.30, 384.27. They come and go and they repeat over and over because the market keeps crossing over and through them. Now watch this. Again, read the notes, pause the video, all that stuff, but check out the 115 post. By the way, and this is before the market fell apart in the afternoon, they're still making a bearish pattern until they're not. And there's unfinished business down below. Wasn't there? Yes, there was. I know it's small, but if you can zoom in a little bit, you can see this 120-minute chart with essentially a bearish, flaggish pattern that should promote lower prices out of this pattern. And here's the same 120-minute chart with that down candle after the post was made with the picture saying it's a bearish pattern until it's not. That deserves a funny how this works. And we're moving along right to the end of the day. There was nothing else to do. It's a bearish pattern. You don't know 100% they're going to fall. The volume is light and time begins to run out on the clock. Stocks on the move, we had five on the board, two hit their numbers, three did not. The ones that did not are off the board. There are no trades. Remember, earnings season really begins tomorrow morning. So following that into the next several weeks, we're going to get trades fast and furious. We'll take a look at the chart of USO 
and Occidental. Those are the two that hit. Energy was getting slammed today. Here was the number on USO, 7302, posted on the board bright and early. 1025, the low was 7302. They bounced up. They provided somewhat of a base hit, but they really fluttered around that number for most of the day. They gave the bounce, but they came back to the number. It's an important number. Now they're below the number. Could be a signal there's some more weakness ahead in the oil space. How about Oxy? Check this out. First candle of the day, the low happens to be 57.12 against a proposed entry of 57.08. They bounce away. They provide the deal. But without me on board, they came up short. So that number is off the board. It becomes a no trade. So what happens? The second number is activated once they come down below the first, 56.02. What do they do? They spike it, make a low of 55.93, turn around, rip back up in the other direction, providing significantly more than the minimum required base hit. Kind of more like a stand-up double. Nice trade. The numbers work. What's going on over in Camp IWM? The first thing I notice when I bring up IWM is relative strength against the S&P 500. So the SPY was down just short of 1% today. Fair enough. The IWM was down one quarter of 1%. That is relative strength. They're staying above their 20-period moving average. Relative strength in my favorite market leading indicator generally means one of two things is going to happen sooner than later. Either it's a hint that the rest of the market, meaning the S&P and others, are going to catch up to the IWM in the spirit of relative strength, or the IWM is going to flip around and catch up to everything else on the downside. We don't know exactly yet, and we know already that the whole thing is going to be hinged on the CPI kabuki situation on Wednesday. Back to the S&P, just to reiterate the Kabuki CPI thing, this is where they broke down on the last CPI or the last one the market really didn't like. And so rather than going up out of the bullish pattern, they collapsed back down. Eventually, they'll want to come back to run a test of what? You got it, a former breakdown area. That doesn't mean it's going to be 408, 410, 412. That's a concept. The number comes from us doing the other work to determine what the resistance number is. It would be, as they say in the trading parlots, kind of a hoot if they screamed right back up there following the CPI release this month. Now, I wouldn't expect them to be up there tomorrow, but the point is they could start a move and keep going for another few days and be up there in short order. I'm not saying they will. It's simply in the never know camp. Now, what about the folks down at the transportation department? Any relative strength there? Well, just a touch, but not enough to really make a federal case or an issue out of it. They were down about half a percent. We're just going to say they're hovering on the 20 period moving average and it's all the same market. And if they're going to get killed after the CPI release, everything's going to get killed. If they're going to rally, everything's going to rally. But today, the transport people aren't really giving us any significant clue, so we'll simply move it along. The Q people, they were on par with the S&P today. Again, that 20-period moving average, we're just calling it a guideline for now. 
We know the drill, same routine. CPI, either kill him or goose him. The financials tried to rally him, failed, finished near the lows. Not a good sign. Again, we revert to two things with the financials. We have Kabuki CPI, but we also have bank earnings coming up that's certainly going to move the entire sector as a whole. J.P. Morgan, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Goldman Sachs, PNC, the list goes on and on. These are big banking institutions. They're a big part of the market. They're going to move the tape. What's going on over with Smash Mouth? So check this out. This chart looks a little bit different than the majority of the rest. So we had this low that was put in, nice reversal candle. Now they're hovering under the 20-period moving average but haven't really been rejected yet. And we can certainly make a case that they're developing a bullish flaggish pattern that will normally be released in the upward direction. We got 219, 220 on the docket if they can get going out of this pattern. If they fail, if everything gets killed after the CPI Kabuki release, then they'll come back down, fill this gap down here, and all bets are off on the upside until further notice. Net-net, we want to be here early tomorrow to get a jump on the market movement after the CPI Kabuki release. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're pulling the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.